Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up the bedroom is even better. Whether you're buying a gift for your sugar baby or just for yourself, you can get 50% off at adamandeve.com when you enter the code CANDY at checkout. And that's not all. Adam and Eve will include 10 tantalizing free gifts, a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item all partners can enjoy. Plus, you'll receive six free spicy movies. But the best part is the free shipping. You can get all of this at adamandeve.com using code CANDY at checkout. That's C-A-N-D-Y. So Shelby, what are you getting me? Candy Girl Podcast. Fuck me, Daddy. <laughs> hey, all you candy sluts and bubble butts. Welcome to Candy Girl Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Emily. I'm Shelby. And I'm Cactus. Today, I just wanted to welcome any new listeners, as well as thank all of our current listeners. We wanted to take this opportunity with the new year to really just establish our mission and just make sure that we're all on the same page and everybody knows what the hell we're trying to do here. So yeah, a lot of exciting things happened to us in 2020. Um, Honestly, despite the pandemic, we got to meet so many really cool sex workers, including Cactus. We figured out how to like master remote interviews, which Emily, I know, is super proud of. Um, And we filed as a nonprofit organization. That is right. We are an approved 501c3 organization, meaning contributions are tax deductible, everyone. Please donate to us. So yeah, so I think what we're going to do is kind of discuss what that entails as far as us being a podcast and an NPO and kind of how this podcast got started and our mission statement um, and obviously, I want Cactus to kind of go into her role and how she's contributing because things obviously are changing now that we have a third co-host and she's a sex worker as Emily and I are not sex workers. So there's a different dynamic, um, which I'm really excited about. So where should we start? I guess, what what are we trying to do here, ladies? I really personally joined this podcast and what I loved about it when I interviewed with both of you and just podcasts in general is that it's a platform to be able to share, educate, um, bring people together, create a community. There's so much goodness that has come out of this podcast so far. And I know that there's so much that we can do, especially now that we're an NPO. Um, So I'm just super excited that we're here to support, uplift, and share information about sex work. Yeah, that's something that I've always wanted the podcast to be is like an, a space where we can create a community, especially for non-sex workers and sex workers, um, because I feel like that gap is not bridged more than like non-sex workers consuming sex workers content and like you know you guys have conversations one-on-one through OnlyFans and other platforms but it's I don't feel like there's all I feel like and and you can correct me if I'm wrong I feel like when somebody's consuming your content you're kind of playing like the character that they want you to be as far as like you're creating a fantasy for them and I really like that through this podcast we can get to know like who you are as Um, a multifaceted individual. But let's maybe 
define sex work and give a few examples for people who may be unfamiliar with the term, especially if you're using this podcast as an opportunity to learn more about this just bomb-ass marginalized community. Seriously, the sex work community is absolutely incredible. We can get into that later, but yeah, what is sex work? So as a sex worker, um, it's, well, I mean, if you want to do the Wikipedia definition, it's basically like anything that, that includes some type of sexual service or something that is sex adjacent, because I know that there are sex workers who um, don't include sex at all into theirs, like dominatrixes, um, not necessarily about sex, uh, cuddlers, not necessarily about sex, uh, girlfriend experience, not about sex, but there's the level of sexual attraction um, and possibly an encompassing feeling of sensuality. Um, Ooh, sensuality work. I like that. But anyways, um, sex work can be so many different things. There's cameras, which are live on the internet, and you can chat with them as they are live, tip them for certain acts that they feel comfortable doing. Every sex worker is different on cam. There are clip creators, there are dominatrixes, there are um, full-service sex workers, providers um, who work one-on-one -on -one with people. Um, I know it's it's been a bit difficult for them during this time for COVID. Um, so a lot of them have turned to also being online sex workers as well, which is super interesting. And I think that would actually be a great episode we could talk about. Um, but sex work is something that inherently has something about like sex appeal or some type of thing that we're getting paid to make somebody feel good. Yeah, I feel like I've said this several times throughout the series, but just to reiterate my point, we have people and providers to help us with so many different needs. For example, for physical needs, you can go see a trainer, a doctor for mental, emotional needs, therapy, psychiatry, the list can go on. But when it comes to sexual needs, that's where it I guess we drew the line or something, something whack like that. So it makes sense to have professionals to kind of aid you with sexual needs that you have that are totally natural and normal. I absolutely agree. As a person who has watched sex work throughout my life, not only has it been I haven't worked with certain one-on-one -on -one providers. Um, that's something I want to do when I get enough money. Um, but... One thing that I really think that sex work helped me with is just coming into terms with my own sexuality and figuring out who I am and seeing lots of different things on the internet or following my friends who are doing kinks that I never thought I knew I had or um, providing services that I didn't even know were a thing or were needed. But I'm like, but wait, yeah, I want to be cuddled. I want to be validated. I want to be... Um, there's a, there's an intrinsic need that we all need in our bodies and our minds. Sexuality is just a part of who we are as a human, not just humans, species, literally this entire universe, we're all sexual beings in some way. Um, and I don't believe it has to do with, uh, reproduction. That's <laughs> a separate topic, but I do believe that sex work is just more than just like work. It's... 
I mean, this could be a controversial topic that we could talk about because some people don't like being equated to being therapists or whatever, and they'd prefer somebody to go to therapists. But I think that there is something within sex work where there is validation and there is loving or something to meet somebody's needs that they need. I think it's it's truly important for us to be able to be um, helpful for each other in the society. Like if we're not feeling shameful about ourselves or if we're going to see sex workers or if we're not getting our needs met, we're going to put that energy on other people. So we need to get our needs met first so that we can fill other people's cups. And I really think that if we're all less shameful, which I know is a societal thing, we're all taught to be shameful of our bodies and our sexualities. If we get less shame, hopefully that'll help us um, be more comfortable with using sex workers or just even looking at sex work online or thinking about seeing somebody. Yeah, I feel like the biggest thing we've learned through this podcast and particularly last year is that sex work is healing work as well. Um, whether or not that's the intention, I think a lot of sex work has many like healing aspects to it. And I think that's part of the reason that people are so drawn to it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I wasn't expecting the extent of how healing sex work could be until I joined and heard sex workers out. But Shelby, let's let's go back to basics. Why why did you start the podcast? Um, it's kind of a long story, and there's two answers to that question. The first answer is. The podcast started as it was just like a sugar baby podcast because I had a friend who was a sugar baby and she had all these crazy stories. And I was like, we should tell your stories um, on a podcast. Like, I think people would find them really entertaining. And at that point, I went to UT Austin and UT was like number five as far as um, sugar baby populations at universities. Like there were a lot of sugar babies there. So it was like, maybe we can also give them some tips like they can learn from your mistakes and you can also be like, this is what you should and shouldn't do in this situation. And so that's kind of how it started. And then as it expanded and we got more listeners, um, she didn't want to do the show anymore. So I asked Emily to come on and I was like, well, now that I have a new co-host, like, why don't we branch out? Why don't we talk to more sex workers and like different aspects of the industry, not just sugar babies? So we just typed in Craigslist like, hey, we're looking for some sex workers. We'll pay you like 20 bucks to come do an interview with us. It's like an hour long. And um, the rest is history, kind of. But Beyond that, the same year that this podcast started was the height of the Me Too movement. And I read an article about it was a sex worker was saying we're being discluded from the narrative again. We face so much violence at our place of work and nobody seems to care because we're sex workers. And, you know, a lot of people find us to be disposable. And this is nothing new. This is this is repeatedly happening. And like. We're sick of it. And I was like, shit, that's so fucked up. And I knew that I had these resources. I was a journalism student, so I knew I had access to resources that I could provide a platform for sex workers. So the goal was always to be able to have more kinds of sex workers be on the show. It was just easier to start out with what we had, which was a sugar baby who was wanting to give advice and share her stories. And I guess... 
to provide a third answer as well. (laughs) I have just, I'm Catholic, which I talk a lot about on the show. Well, okay, I'm Reformed Catholic. I'm no longer Catholic, but I grew up Catholic. So I have a ton of Catholic guilt um, that probably will never go away. And and that has always made me, (laughs) Cactus just crossed herself. (laughs) And I wish you guys could have seen it because yeah. Um, so yeah, I had a ton of Catholic guilt that will probably never go away, but it has also made me so interested in things that I wasn't allowed to be interested in. And like, be, I guess because I wasn't allowed to like be curious and explore these things, it made me just want to understand them more. And so there was just this intense interest in sexuality and sex and like things that make people uncomfortable and like why why is this so uncomfortable and what has like led up to this point in our current society where it's just so socially unacceptable and and honestly even since we started the show in 2018 I've seen so much evolution and like more acceptance of sex workers which has been awesome and yeah we have a long way to go but it has been, it's tangible, it's noticeable, you know? Um, so I've always I've always been interested in reporting on things that make people uncomfortable. And I know sex work is one of those things that people just don't understand. This is something I still sometimes fight with my parents about where they're like, oh, but it's so taboo. Like, you don't have to have this podcast. And it's like, no, I do. Like, if I have the resources and I have the opportunity to like help somebody who might need help or at least put their voice out there, like I'm gonna do it, obviously. I would love to, I have a very similar-ish story. I'm not Catholic, but I was raised by a mom who just really wanted to protect me and make me seal everything so perfectly in this world, which I appreciate. But also, she had a lot of stigma. Uh, She's in her late 60s, so she's a lot older she has a different view on sex and sex work. Um, Back in her day, sex work was for people who didn't want to be in the kitchen and who were just selling their bodies, quote unquote. But thankfully, like throughout being a sex worker, I've been able to learn a lot to be able to not only educate her, but other people to be able to understand why it's so important and why we have it and why it's not this like, what is it? Is it the third wave or the fourth wave of feminism? Whatever. I don't care. Third. It's the third. We're on the fourth right now, which is still rocky, you know? So she's very third wave. She's getting there. But that made me interested in sex work because I was like, why can't we talk about this? Why can't I watch movies with sex in it? Like, what, what is this? So I was more, I was just a very like sexually interested kid in general. And then I, I never knew sex work was in my range of things to do because I was always this mother's baby girl who, you know, was going to be a really good, innocent job working somewhere that would make her happy kind of thing. But I realized that I need to follow my own passions and not only my own passion, but I think something that we need to uh, explicitly say on this podcast is that we have privilege. We are three younger. Shelby and I are white. Um, I know I can't speak on being Hispanic like Emily. Um, White passing, but Hispanic. (laughs) Yes. um, I know that we have a lot of privilege. um, So I think that's wonderful that you said that, Shelbs, that you have this platform. And even though your parents are like, "Mm." (laughs) it's taboo. Like, do you really need to do this? It's like, 
yes, because there are people who don't have privilege who can't speak on these type of topics and maybe don't even have the information to be able to explain why it's so important. So that's why I really love this podcast, truly. And that's why I love both of you so much. I'm so glad that you joined, too, because I feel like we have... I mean, I feel like all three of us have a really great dynamic. I think we have very similar values and like similar personalities so we can bounce off of each other. But I also am so glad that we have like a sex worker's perspective now. Like when Cactus joined, she was like, well, right before she was like, I'll be on your show. (laughs) She was like, I listened to your show and there's so many questions that I would have asked that like you wouldn't have thought to ask because you're not a sex worker, you know, and so it'd be cool if you had a sex worker on our show. And we were like, it would be so cool if we had a sex worker on the show. <laughs> so um, I'm so glad that that you're here. And I I would love to like, we talked about this with Mistress Snow, Dr. Mistress Snow in our Snowcap episode about the reasons that sex work is very taboo. And along with shame, like we talk about a lot, um, it's it's also a combination of like sexism and classism and and just because it is a survivalist industry. And and that's not to say that it's always a survivalist industry. I think there's plenty of sex workers who like, this is the job that they love to do and they wanna do. But um, I think we can't ignore that some people are doing this because that's their only option. Yeah, Shelby, or I know Shelby and I, so far we've learned a fuck ton. Um, I mean, I've had to work on some biases that I didn't even know that I had. And just admitting that you have those biases is a really great first step. We all have them. It sucks, but we can work on them together. And hopefully this podcast can help y'all work through it. Hopefully we have enough uncomfortable journalism so that way you can learn. <laughs> Uncomf- with Through uncomfortability, we can get to really amazing things. Um, not only did I learn that through sex work, but the Black Lives Matter thing that happened this year with George Floyd and really started creating more conversations around uncomfortability, I think that really made me realize that I was also uncomfortable about a lot of things within the sex work community as well. Like I have my own biases as well. So those are things that we need to break down. And it, it they're not our fault though. Like we were raised in a society that was telling us that all of these things are bad and that these people are not okay. And so many different negative stigmas. Like every time you hear a dead stripper joke or you hear uh, sex workers being used in media as not just being sex workers, but they have to, they add to the story for sex or for death (laughs) or to make fun of them. And I think we need to normalize more of the conversation, not that just we're something to be joked about or that we're survival sex workers and that, you know, sex trafficking and we're all like being abused and raped by our porn, you know, producers or whatever. There's so many things that have been told lies, rumors throughout years, years, so many. Um, I think there's definitely small stepping points that we've made, but with these laws, and I know we're going to be talking about quite a few of them, and we already have on this uh, podcast, is a lot of things are in the political environment are just so anti-sex worker, even though that we are so aware, and (laughs) my sex worker friends 
work with the people, you know, who buy their services, but yet they're against it. So um, there's a lot of things that I definitely see sex work needing to have more of a positive uh, light to it rather than constantly making us the butt of a joke or, you know, just pushing us aside. Yeah, so this seems like a really good time to talk about conflation. Um, I didn't think I'd ever have to say this, but we do not support trafficking or child pornography. We take a firm stance against it. That is a no-brainer. We don't even have to think twice about that one. But every now and then people, when we say that we support sex workers' rights and sex workers' voices, the argument against doing so is, well, how could you support human trafficking? So I just want to talk a little bit about conflation. Do y'all have anything to say? I personally would love to quote and cite one of my, um, I believe they're a sex worker. Um, They talk a lot about sex worker rights. Their name, I don't know if I can pronounce it, Alprazola Mangel on Instagram. Um, they also used to run, oh my gosh, what's the name? Stop, sh- stop speaking for us. Um, they just did an Instagram post two days ago called Stop Equating Sex Work to Sex Trafficking. And I did share that on my Instagram story. And I think we shared that on the Candy Girl um, story as well. But um, basically I'll say like, one of the things that they have in their post, which is, it is possible to empower sex workers and make their own choices and protect trafficking victims. Censorship and taking away uh, options from sex workers not only does nothing to save victims or address trafficking, but contributes to stigma, ignorance, violence, and the lack of choice that drives people into high-risk situations. I see people blaming sex workers for somehow contributing to or condoning trafficking. People are desperate to further demonize sex workers as well as avoid pinning blame on the oppressive society that truly creates these conditions. And then it goes into talking about capitalism, coercion, abuse, exploitation, that kind of thing. I really recommend just like reading the whole post because it's very helpful. Um, But this is somebody who would be really great to just follow in general if you're interested in sex worker rights. I also have to plug one of our previous episodes that we did with Adva Gabby. Our Lemonade episode is an incredible place to start, especially if you are recently joining us. She does an incredible job of talking about how part of the saving process involves going through the justice system and just how corrupt it can be. And when a lot of people, like before I did this podcast, I simply didn't know. I didn't know better and that's nobody's fault, but... It's really important to educate yourselves, and that that is like the one episode I would recommend if you wanted to hear why, <laughs> just how bizarre it is that supporting sex workers' rights somehow in any way implies that we support trafficking or child pornography. Yeah, I think the especially the government really wants you to think that there is some, let me say this. There's a huge difference between trafficking and sex work, and the difference is fucking consent. And I don't understand why that's so hard for people to understand. Like, preach. Anyways, um, but yeah. 
There will always be people that want to conflate the two. Um, And what we've learned through this podcast is not only, I mean, we already knew that there was a difference, but we know now like what the difference is and like what we can say to people who try and pull that card whenever they're arguing that we're um, promoting human trafficking or or things like that. Um, One thing that got really popular this year and was shared by um, multiple sex workers as well was, I, I mean, that was based on just lack of information um, being spread around and what our awareness was of this organization. But there is an organization called Exodus Cry, and there's also Trafficking Hub. And there was this really viral video last year in 2020 that was all about how Pornhub is sponsoring child sex trafficking and all these different things. And it got so viral that so many people are anti-Pornhub. And that led to things that we've talked about recently, which is um, the Stop Sissy. <laughs> I'm going to call it the Sissy Act, uh, Earn It Act, all these different th- kinds of things. And then also for Visa and MasterCard to pull their... Um, payment options from Pornhub because of how big this viral video got. It's It really sucks that something can go viral and people believe it. It's kind of like <laughs> Coney 2012. I feel like that's this had that kind of vibe that's like, yeah, let's all get together and like fight Pornhub. But it was... Stop <laughs> Coney. <laughs> Hashtag Coney 2012. <laughs> Back to real stuff. I... I think that that was a huge thing that put a dip and like a dent into our moving forward into sex worker rights this year. It really put us back. And now, I mean, we can't even post on Instagram without getting somewhat probably deleted, suspended or shadow banned for certain things that we post. Um, Twitter is starting to shadow ban and delete things now. Like I was wearing a thong in one of my photos for my header and that's too much booty for Twitter now. So there's a lot of things that are happening because of the laws that are happening and because that were equated to sex trafficking that led us to not being able to do our jobs. When, like you said, sex trafficking and uh, sex work, the difference is consent. We are consensual adults. We are making our own stuff. We are selling it because we want to. We chose this job, whether or not it's survival or we want to. But no matter what, we are not being trafficked or abused. And on the topic of like social media starting to delete accounts for sex workers for promoting their OnlyFans, Cactus, I know you watch Spill Sesh on YouTube. And she recently did a video about so Nikocado, Avocado, and Trisha Paytas. Both got banned from Instagram for promoting their OnlyFans. However, Tana Mojo still allowed to promote her OnlyFans. So it's interesting to see how sex workers are taking the blow as far as these new policy updates. But any like influencers or particularly skinny white women are not going to face any consequences and can continue to do whatever they want. Add Bella Thorne to that list, the person who she thinks started the whole trend of joining OnlyFans. I'm so, I, the rage that I felt when I saw her post that, somebody shared it, because I don't follow that bitch, but somebody (laughs) shared it, and I was like, this bitch really thinks that she started the trend for OnlyFans? Like, where have you been? Yeah, I'm like, I've been on OnlyFans since, like, 2018, so I don't think that 
her being on the platform was the reason that started it. Actually, I think, I don't know if you've done an episode with her, but Fit Sid, she's the reason that I joined OnlyFans in 2018 because I saw this um, uh, tutorial trip tips and tricks thing that she did on many vids. And that's the reason I joined and I got so excited. And then the pandemic hit. And I was doing okay on OnlyFans, but as soon as that hit, like, there was an explosion because so many people were losing their jobs. So many people were looking for a way to be able to get income. And that's why OnlyFans exploded this year or last last year. It still feels like one really long year. <laughs> um, but sex workers are the ones who have been leading this since it started. And now people are joining in because it's trendy and they can make money off of it. And Bella Thorne made like over a million dollars in her first day, which is taking away from real sex workers who super need it. And she said, I think it was either her or Tana, that they said that they would give back. I think it was Bella. That they would give back by not only just like subbing to other people, but promoting other people, other sex workers, because she felt quote unquote bad about what happened. But then she never went through on it, never promoted anybody. So it's really unfortunate that somebody who thinks that they started this and they're helping out people, they're not actually helping people at all. They're just taking our income. If you would like to hear more about the Bella Thorne controversy, aka why we all fucking hate Bella Thorne. You can check out our Raisinets episode. <laughs> Just here to plug past episodes. <laughs> no, yeah, I was also going to plug our FitSid episode, Cybersex, which is really good for if you are considering becoming a sex worker. She teaches us all about the business side. She's so business savvy. I was like, damn, this girl like knows what the fuck she's talking about. So yeah, check that out. Also, Raisinets with Erica Heidewald. She, we actually had a very interesting conversation, which we don't have to get to into now, but it's something that I did want to bring up when Emily was saying that we need to check our biases consistently, even like within years of this episode, is she mentioned that um, if you feel the need to separate yourself from sex workers or sex work constantly, like being like, oh, I support sex workers, but I would never be a sex worker kind of thing. Like, maybe you should check that bias. Like, why Why are you trying to do that? And that's definitely something that I want to be way more conscious of throughout the rest of this podcast. That kind of goes along the lines of, like, people who learn strip stripping and, like, pole dancing, but yet we're like, you know what? Like, I do pole dancing, and I think it's a really cool, like, art for my body like I've built a lot of muscle but I could never be a sex worker I just I don't feel like either that's not just me or like I don't think I could really sell my body to other people I like really value myself way too much yeah and I I think it's important that obviously sex work is not for everybody and you don't have to feel like you need to feel like you have to be a sex worker in order to like support sex workers like you you don't have to go into the industry to support them but you should be very conscious of the language that you use when you're saying oh I couldn't do sex work if you're gonna be like I can't do sex work you shouldn't be like because I value myself or because any like degrading language you know like the reasons that Emily and I I can't do sex work because I'm so uncomfortable being that vulnerable with people in my day-to-day life, which is something that I need to work on, like, in general. But, like, I couldn't even begin to think of, like, having to be vulnerable with strangers on the internet, you know, sex work really requires. So it's it's very nuanced, but I think it's something that non-sex workers who are listening to this should be wary of. We also should 
definitely just to make sure we are loud and clear, we're not actively trying to convert everybody and transform them into sex workers. I, I want to make that clear. We want to share stories, but we are in no way like, yeah, encouraging people to pursue sex work. I, yeah, I think becoming a sex worker is definitely a decision that you really have to like think about unless it's like a survivalist thing and that's something that you are kind of like, I have to do this. But if that's a, an interest that you have, I definitely think you need to consider like, okay, am I emotionally ready for that? Like, do I have the tools that I need? Do I, have I taken the right precautions? Because people will dox you because people hate sex workers. Absolutely agreed. Um, as much as I love helping people into the industry when they feel fully confident and they've taken some time to step back and think, is this really for me? There's a lot of things that I kind of ask questions about before somebody joins. Like, I mean, family is a real big thing. Being doxxed, like you said, safety is a actually um my friend Bellatrix Sweets made a Google Doc on safety and like using VPNs and everything to be as safe as possible. Because even having the location on your photos, if you post that and send it to somebody, somebody can get the location in your photos and figure out exactly where you are. So there's a lot of different things that people need to learn before they get in the industry and like really start putting themselves out there. I know that there are definitely survival sex workers as well who are willing to take those risks because that's what they have and that's absolutely okay. But I I think having this kind of platform and hopefully me and what I'm doing as well in helping other sex workers um, is helping them just be safer and more confident in what they're doing when they choose it, like when they're ready for it. So I think we should get into the NPO and and what we're doing with that and then probably wrap this up. But Emily, I'm going to let you take that away because you've handled most of the, the paperwork and honestly everything for the NPO. Thank you, Emily. Uh, you know, just another day of being the executive director of Candy Girl Podcast. That is a flex, everybody. Um, we support bad bitches in business and that that's what we do now. So is that what BBB stands for? That that's what it does. That's what it is now. <laughs> Shit. Every sex worker I know is a bad bitch in business. We're all BBB certified. So we're all BBBs. I've kind of just adopted bitch into like a gender neutral term. So yeah, I'm I'm just gonna keep it that way. Sick. All right. Yeah. Well, let's start with like why did we file as a nonprofit? Yeah, it was really easy to decide to file as a nonprofit. We feel we do a really great job educating non-sex workers about why they should support sex workers while also providing a resource for sex workers to just learn from each other, create community. Being a nonprofit, we it's really important to all of us to be transparent. We post all of our expenses on our website. Spoiler alert. Podcasts are not cheap, but <laughs> everyone's just like wide-eyed, like definitely not. So yeah, we're going to start the process of applying for grants, which is going to be really exciting. We definitely want to donate to mutual aid funds and maybe have kind of our own programs, which are still in the works. So I can't give out too many details, but definitely stay excited. And yeah, just 
provide all the legitimacy. So hopefully we can use our voice and just really turn this thing around, really just you know, show people better and uplift sex workers. This platform is not for, when Shelby and I on this platform, this isn't for us to share our opinions. It's really a way to uplift sex workers' opinions, so. Yeah, like we said, we we really want to try to bridge the gap between non-sex workers and sex workers um, in a way that's digestible and entertaining and those two things (laughs) so we're always looking for people to be on the show please reach out to us we have a form on our website visit our website candygirlpodcast.com emily also designed that it's beautiful um we've got a lot like everything you need to know about the show is there we have old episodes there so yeah visit candygirlpodcast.com always looking for guests always looking for any non-sex workers who have questions and want advice, we're really fast to reply to you. We'll, we'll like, we're happy to give you answers and all three of us will discuss it and everything and give you a response. You can check us out on Instagram too, at Candy Girl Podcast and on Twitter at Candy Girl Pod. Um, all of our personal ats are there. So you can find Emily and me and Cactus if you want to see who we are as people. We're cute and fun. So cute with a K. <laughs> Of course we are. With a K. <laughs> Super cute. And yes. Fun. And I think that's all. Oh, we're also like always looking for help. So if you have a ton of free time and you want to help us like come up with graphics for social media or you're more like strategy minded and you want to help us come up with like a strategy for episodes and stuff. We, you know, we have a small team and we're doing our best, but it is a little chaotic sometimes. So... Um, anybody who wants to help us out, welcome to help us out. Does anybody else have anything they want to say? Emily's eyes just widened. I'm so curious. Yeah, shots are being fired. Oh, oh yeah. All right. Well, subscribe to our Patreon if you want to hear the full version of this episode, because um, there's some things we talked about. The Everything that's the riots at the White House are happening as we're recording this. So we talked about it a little bit in the episode. But for length reasons, we cut it out. But we're going to keep it in our Patreon episode. So go subscribe to our Patreon. You're all amazing. Thank you for listening. Uh-huh. <laughs>